I'm Sutton Foster, and this is what I wore when I auditioned for Younger. Welcome to What I Wore When, a production of Glamour and iHeartRadio. I'm your host, Perry Samerton. Each week, I'm sitting down with a woman I find fascinating to talk about what she wore during a pivotal moment in her life. We're using the power of style to tell the stories you haven't heard. The one regret I have in my life, that I'm not a massive Broadway star. I understand it's easier said than done, but growing up in New York, I was the ultimate musical theater kid, lining up for standing room only seats with my friends on Friday nights and using my birthday money on compilation CDs from Andrew Lloyd Webber, Sondheim, and the entire three and a half hour score of Les Mis in various languages. Yes, really. So talking to Sutton Foster, the ultimate massive Broadway star, was a real kick. She's been nominated for six Tony Awards and won two. It was also a real kick because for the past six seasons, Sutton has been starring on Younger, the beloved TV land show in which she plays a 40-something divorced woman masquerading as a 20-something millennial to get back into the workforce. Sutton is delightful on Younger, and after seeing her in person, the show's premise doesn't seem far-fetched at all. When we met... Sutton had just come from getting her two-and-a-half-year-old daughter ready for school. There was a story there, so we talked quite a bit about motherhood and Sutton's path. She was forthcoming about undergoing several rounds of IVF before turning to adoption and explained how being a mom has made her a better shopper. We obviously talked about her career on stage, including my personal favorite performance of hers, her favorite musical of all time, and how in some ways— caring less about what you wear to auditions can actually be an asset. Sutton also has a newish pair of Gucci loafers, which were approved by her younger co-star, Hilary Duff. So that opened the door to a conversation about spending money on power pieces and how even though it sounds cliche, a great pair of shoes can change everything. Here's our conversation. Sutton, I'm so happy to have you. And I want to start by asking you what I ask everyone, which is, what are you wearing right now? Oh, my gosh. Well, I always feel like I'm a glamour don't. <laughs> we don't. Okay, glamour does not do those anymore. They don't? No. I loved it. It was like the glamour do, the glamour don't. No, those okay. are a thing of the past, oh, well, I just am, so everyone knows. I am a product of the 90s, so I am a thing of the past. No, I'm wearing like, what am I wearing? I'm wearing... It was the first thing that was on top. <laughs> so I'm wearing a gray sweater. I think it's from Old Navy. Um, and a pair of uh, burgundy jeans and some uh, boots. And no makeup because I'm on a podcast. <laughs> <laughs> That's the beauty of audio. <laughs> and because the podcast is called What I Wore When, you were going to talk about what you wore when you auditioned for Younger. Yeah. Your TV land show. My TV land show. You People know, are obsessed with this show. It is such a great show. I really um I really love it. I love being a part of it. I love everybody in the cast. You know, we just it's we've done six seasons. We're gonna start filming our seventh season um in March of next year. And it's just been like the best job. So when I first got the script, um I was actually on another show called Bunheads, which was which aired on ABC oh, I Family. Watched Bunheads. I loved it so much. So I was actually waiting to see if it was going to get picked up for another season and they left us hanging for about six months, and they finally they canceled the show, and I was devastated. But then, like, a week later, my agent sent me the script for Younger. And 
I uh, I read the script like standing up in my kitchen, and I was like, I gotta, I gotta do this. I'm perfect, or you know, I was like, I gotta get this job. They asked me to test for um, Liza at the studio, and I was like determined to get this part. And I knew that I needed to pull off, um, or I needed to show them that I could pull off being someone in her 20s and, and looking like she was in her 20s and then also someone who was in her 40s, which I was. I was 39 when I auditioned. So I um, I found this, there's this little black dress. It's like the perfect little black dress that I had used for um, some publicity back during Anything Goes. When I did Anything Goes, this little Dolce & Gabbana dress that I like never wore except for that one thing. So I pulled that out and I was like, I think I can wear this, but I needed like a jacket or something to go with it. And so my best friend Megan was in town and we raided the thrift stores on Ventura Avenue. There's like three really great thrift stores and found this little, uh, this little Mark Jacobs, um, this little tiny Mark Jacobs jacket that was like a little tweed, um, that sort of made me look a little more professional. And it was the first time I'd ever had an audition where I like hired someone to do my makeup and my hair. And I was like determined to get this job. And, uh, and I had my my little outfit, and I even did like a um, the first scene that I did for the audition was the very first scene of the pilot, which is older Liza going in to try to to get a job and getting turned down. So I had my hair pulled back, and my little jacket, my little black dress, and I did the scene. And then the next scene was um, where I had to be younger. So I like took my hair down, took off my jacket. I had like a quick change and was sort of able to show them the two different sides of what I could do. You got the job. But I got the job. <laughs> I know. it was. How like, did you feel that day, just getting dressed in the morning, knowing that you were going out for a role that obviously you really, really wanted? What, is that, what does that feel like? I felt really prepared. I, um, I, and really, and I was really proud of myself that I like put the work in. Like, I don't always do that. Like, I feel like there are certain things that come across your plate that you feel right for or that you fight for or that you, you pour all your energy into. Or, and and I, I don't always feel like that determined or um, that prepared. I felt the same way when I auditioned for Bunheads, too. It was like I could hear myself saying the words. I, like, I could see myself in this world, and I thought, I got to put the work in to get this job. When I like went to the studio and sat down and like Darren Starr's there and like I wasn't nervous. I was like ready. You mentioned Darren Starr and I know that Younger has been weirdly compared to Sex and the City a little bit. He also created Sex and the City. Yeah. Especially as it relates to fashion. Oh, I yeah. think that similar to Sex and the City, I think the fashion on Younger every season I just feel like it keeps getting bumped up a little bit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, it's intense. Like it I is work, intense. I work at an actual fashion magazine, and like the fashion, no one dresses like that. And it's so no. interesting. Like your characters wear such wonderful clothing, but it's definitely fashion. I mean, you're supposed to work at a publishing yeah. company, and it's definitely sort of like fashion with a capital F. Was that always? Do you know if that was always the intent of the show, or was it just something that happened naturally? I think it was the intent. I mean, a lot of the characters are defined by their clothes. Um, my character, especially Miriam's character, um, and Pat Fields was who did the Patricia Fields who did the um, uh, clothes for Sex and the City was our was our consultant on Younger for the first five seasons. Amazing. Um, so we had a direct influence because it was the same sort of heightened fashion. And I feel like for Liza, my character, her fashion 
has evolved a lot over the seasons. Like in the first season, I think she's leaning into the trying to be younger right. look. And she's, <laughs> I mean, I remember being like, how many layers am I wearing? And a beanie and, you know, wrist warmers and like, oh like God. how many things am I putting on? But uh, I feel like her fashion sense has evolved and has become more streamlined and actually a little more sophisticated and simpler as the seasons have gone on. One of my favorite things is to see what someone's wearing when they walk to set, especially Miriam, because she always has her statement necklaces yep. and like her crazy accessories. So I always say when she comes on on set, I'm like, available for purchase. Like someone buys that. Like that is, someone's pays a lot of money to wear like that giant necklace that looks like you could fry something on like because it's so huge but it's also like really fun and I I feel like for me because I I'm a pretty like laid back jeans and t-shirt you know no makeup like no no frills type of gal it's really fun to play dress up with Liza because her clothes it makes me feel it makes me feel different so and many that's different like the per- I mean that's the that's that's the, the whole purpose point. Yeah. of fashion in general whether it's on screen or in real life I yeah. think you feel a certain way. And even like you said, even if it's awkward, I feel sometimes extremely awkward in the clothes I wear and it shows in my body language, but then I change. Yeah. And I can walk down the street and feel powerful. Do you keep anything from the set? Anything or is it available for you to buy or can you just take stuff? I've kept a handful of things. Mostly it'll be like a pair of boots because mm-hmm. I've broken them in like through the season. And we, I always say, I'm just going to borrow them. Like for the summer and then until we come back and then I'll bring them back or um, or jeans. There were, the, there were these like Saint Laurent jeans that fit me like perfectly, but I was never going to buy them, you know? Right, so of I was not. like, do you think that I could like borrow them for, the, you know, for a little bit? And so things like that. And did you wear them? Yeah, yeah. But it's always like weird because I'm like... These are like Saint Laurent jeans. I can't, I can't do any. What if I get? No. What if I, I spill I like a mustard I, on it's them? So ridiculous. And I have a, I have a two and a half year old. Tell me about that two and a half year old. I have a two and a half year old. That's her, amazing. Her name is Emily. Emily Dale. She's really smart and funny, and uh, strong willed and imaginative. And is she, two and a half in age. I can't. Where would she even pay attention to clothing or is that oh, all on you? She's starting to care about what, like getting her dressed is, um, getting her ready for the day is like the hardest thing I've ever done. What? <laughs> Explain. It like breaks me. Well, I think because everything is a negotiation and everything is like, like even this morning trying to get, she she's in like pre-preschool. So we have to get out the door by a certain time. And that, I think that's what makes it so hard. She's just now starting to care about like what she wears. So I, what I try to do is I try to pull out three outfits. She comes in, she goes, she goes no, no, and throws everything, Stop. throwing things. She's like, I don't like this outfit. No, no. And I was like, okay, all right. Well, here, you pick something. So I open her drawer and she throws one by one all the things out of the drawer. And as a mom, you have to pick your battles. Of course. And I realized in the morning, I'm, I'm like, I'm just going to let her throw everything. At least it's soft. At least it's shirts. Right. She's not throwing. No. Like, she's going to. And she's not throwing them. or something. No, she's not throwing them with, um, there's nothing malicious about it. It's just. Dismissive. It's completely dismissive. And also like, she has to, you know, explore her power for a second. But then she finally picks at the bottom of the drawer a a t-shirt 
that has Sesame Street characters on it. And it's like two sizes too big. And it's a t-shirt with short sleeves. And I was like, we can't wear short sleeves. It's very cold it's outside. Freezing you have York to wear right yep. You have to wear it. And she's like, no, I don't wear it. And I was like, okay. Well, then you have to wear a sweater on top, you know. So I finally get her in a shirt that's like eight sizes too big. And then we pick out a sweater. And I, again, it's like a, a drawer full of, you know, mishmash. I like, I don't know. There's one that's four sizes too small. And then there's this like vintage sweater from the 70s that my brother and his wife gave us that has like, it's brown and yellow and green. And I mean, I'm obsessed with it. And it's got like little farm animals all over it and a long hood. And she's like, that one, that one. I'm like, great. Great. It's perfect. <laughs> First, she still has no pants on, but I'm like, all right, sweater on. I like shove some pants on her, socks. And then picking out shoes again is another. I was like, she wants these. I'm like, no. So it's constant negotiating. And I'm like, no, it has to be one of these because these fit you. Do you want sparkles or do you want a oh rainbow? <laughs> like, you know, you have to pick one. And she goes, she'll, so my favorite thing is I'll go, do you want sparkles or rainbow? She goes, no, thanks. No, that's not an answer. Sparkles or rainbow? Not today. That means neither. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm like, wait a minute. Next, please. Next, please. So, I have a 10-month-old son, so I oh haven't gotten gosh. there yet. I haven't gotten to that um, period where... No. He has an opinion, obviously. No. I mean, he has a little bit of an opinion on, like, I don't want to go in the crib. Like, he doesn't say that, but he'll start crying. Yeah. But not an opinion about clothes yet. Like, yeah. I can throw him in whatever. It takes a while. Like, she didn't really care for a really long time. And I know, like, a lot of kids are different. And she's kind of like, you know, I I don't wear makeup. I don't... I She doesn't see me put makeup on every day. But she does see me when I get ready for events or, like, or if at work. She'll see makeup. So she's kind of fascinated by... And I feel like that will stick with her. Yeah, like I know that she's like sort of, idea of a daughter watching her mother sort of get dressed to yeah. go out. That's like a very sort of cliche of mother and daughter. But a lot of women that I talk to say that it stuck with them remembering their mother getting ready to go out in the evening. I know, and I feel like she's like obsessed with like my makeup bag. So like when I um, when we wash her hair, I'll I'll blow dry it and I'll let it, like well, I'll blow dry your hair in mommy's bathroom and you can go through my makeup bag and she like loves all the colors and stuff and we just started painting her nails. She's like really into that. So she's super girly. Yeah, I bought her a caboodle. Oh, oh my god! <laughs> I do know that they still make them because they I do. see them around, which they do. I appreciate. I had like ten of them growing um, up. Yeah, me too. Who's the queen of the caboodle? I know. I was like, she needs a caboodle. <laughs> Maybe her mother does, but I got her a little caboodle for her, all her nail polish. So, but she loves like in like the scrunchies back, which I'm thrilled. So she's got like a whole scrunchie collection and clips. And oh my god, you know. I love it. I know. And we like we cut her bangs really early um, because I they were like in her eyes, and honestly, it was. I was getting ready for an event or something, and DJ, who does my hair, I was like, will you cut her bangs? Will you cut her bangs? And they, so now she has, like, the greatest little shag, like, little oh bang God, haircut. she sounds iconic. Yeah, she's, <laughs> I know, right? She's way cooler than I am. Um, she's, she's, yeah, she's hilarious. She's got, like, long hair with, like, little shag bangs. Oh, my God. Yeah. Two and a half year old. Two and a half rock Fashion it. icon she, rocking her, it. My, she, she's like, my, my friends are really going to like my shirt, right? I'm like, oh yes, God, cares about that already? Cares, I know. She's like, I can't wait to show my friends my sweater. I'm like, like, great. Okay. <laughs> That's what you're excited about. <laughs> great. So are you somebody that likes to shop? I like to shop with my friend Megan and we like to shop and like make a day out of it. Yeah. But it's, um, 
I in, but I've actually become a better shopper, I think, because of younger. Mm-hmm. And I think being a mom, too, has made me a better shopper because I, I have to shop practically for my daughter. I'm like, she needs a coat. She needs shoes. <laughs> she needs pants. She needs warm things. And so, therefore, I then now am shopping better for myself because I'm like, oh, no, I need a new jacket. And then because all of her clothes are like sparkly and rainbowy and and fun that I'm like, well, I want a sparkly rainbow jacket too. <laughs> when you started making real money or at least, you know, money that you felt was wow, like wow, I'm 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 semi-successful. Like I, I have a little bit of money on my own. Did you use it on anything where you like, you know what, I'm gonna splurge and buy this bag or I'm gonna go and buy that you know, maybe not the St. Laurent jeans, but something like that. Some big like, F it, I'm successful purchase or were you like a saver? Both. So I'm like a total bargain shopper. I am obsessed with Marshalls and Target. Me too, and, love and like, them. I love everything. I think my my biggest splurge, and it was funny because I, I even was talking to Hillary Duff about it. She's like, buy them, buy them. Is that I bought them? Because <laughs> I feel, I get nervous about... I'll like buy something nice, but then I won't use it. Like I'll be afraid that I'm going to ruin it or something. And then I'm like, but that's the whole point. Like, Right. You're yeah, supposed to be I, using the things that you buy. Yeah. So I bought a pair of um, like Gucci loafers. Oh, amazing. And they're, it was like the best purchase I've ever made. And I wear them all the time. Do you consult with Hillary? Often I do, because she was wearing them. And I was like, those look... Because I, I live in like Tom's and, you know, sneakers and like... Comfy, comfy clothes. We live in New York City. Yes. We have to walk everywhere. And I was trying to find like an elevated version of Tom's. And she was like, buy these. They're the best thing I've ever purchased. I can wear them all over the city. And I feel like it pulls my outfit together. A little more polished. A little more polished. Yeah. I feel like that's the power of a great shoe. And a comfort, a comfortable shoe. But I think you're right. It's like those little power pieces like those a good coat a good bag like those things like it's the things that tie the outfit together I always say I mean I'm not I don't own a ton of expensive things but I do occasionally like you know a Gucci loafer or I just bought a Stella McCartney winter coat from TJ Maxx (gasps) there was one there and it wasn't crazy expensive but it was also a little more money than I'm comfortable spending just on a piece and I walked around the store for like two hours with this coat. And I was like, should I do it? Should I not? And I bought it. And I wear it every single day. And See? I could be wearing my clothes from Old Navy or my clothes from The Gap. Yeah. And I put that Navy coat on and everything suddenly looks yeah. better. Yeah. I feel better. I do too. And I, I, this summer, so I had the, I bought the Gucci loafers in for the fall, like last year. And then this summer I bought Gucci sandals. So yeah, those are my two those are my two high high end purchases. And then I'm like, well, I'm gonna do probably do that every year. And like I'll buy a new color or something. And just so that it's it's just this thing that makes me feel like I'm a little more polished. When you first started out in your career, were there people that sort of told you how to dress or directed you in a way? Or were you just sort of winging it and dressing? I was sort of always on my own. I was kind of like, even early on starting in my career, it's like, it's so funny. It's like you go into, you know, to audition and you look around and everyone's got like the jewel tone top and the black skirt and everyone looks the same. And um, I was like, well, that doesn't make sense. 
And some of my best auditions were the ones where I forgot that I had an audition. I was running late. I was wearing jeans and like a horrible shirt and no makeup. And then I would always, I would book the job because I was just myself. That's so interesting because I feel like if you're overthinking, it shows, right? Well, also too, if you're trying to like, I I work a lot with, um, with the young people, but I work a lot with like, <laughs> you know, aspiring musical theater artists, you know, young younger artists. And and I always say like your strongest asset is your individuality. And if you're trying to be me or if you're trying to be someone else, then it's not, it's inauthentic. It's like, how do you blaze your own trail? And so for me, even my quote unquote fashion sense or lack of truly was sort of an asset for me because I was just myself. I my, One of my other best friends. Her name is Stephanie. And we did a a show together back in 96. um, And one of the reasons why we became friends is that in rehearsals, she looked over and I was wearing sneakers. And she said, I want to be friends with her. She's wearing sneakers. Wow. And I guess all the other women were wearing like heels or I don't know. And so that's why we're friends. (laughs) That's amazing. I thought, oh, yeah, because I was just like in jeans and sneakers and the price that telegraphs or, to somebody. Yeah. maybe that telegraphs that you're a certain way. You know, yeah. maybe it's a little more down to earth or yeah, natural or, or less try or less try hard. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Whether it's true or not, in that moment, that's yeah. what she was getting. Yeah, yeah. So I, I feel like what I'm attempting to work on now is sort of those elevated pieces in my wardrobe, but that still feel authentic to who I am, and and just sort of up my up my sophistication a little bit, but doesn't alter who I am or how I walk into a room or how people relate to me. I grew up here in New York City and musical theater was my, like my, my passion as a teenager. Like my friends and I would go and get tickets. We'd stand at the stage door and that was, that was just the world that I was very interested in. And so every time I talk to somebody that actually does it for a living, I'm completely fascinated. But I still to this day, so I have this queue on YouTube of a select number of um, videos that are all musical theater adjacent. So it's like weird. It's like Leia Salonga trying out for Miss Saigon in 1988. Like one of them I have that I watch all the time, and I'm not kidding, is your performance on the 2011 Tonys when you guys did Anything Goes. Oh, yeah. So I saw the show. I actually saw the show with Patti LuPone when I was a kid. My grandparents took me, and it had a really profound effect on me. It was probably one of the first Broadway musicals I'd seen where I really was like understanding like how incredible it is to put on a Broadway show. But that clip of you, I actually, I made my husband watch it. I'm obsessed with it because the dance segment goes on for like four minutes and it's insane. And I'm just wondering, this isn't fashion at all, but this is just me being very curious was that character always meant to do that dance scene or was it appended because you're such a strong dancer? Um, I, I don't think initially. Like, it's a crazy, like, I'm not even justifying it how incredible it is. Oh, like, how long it goes on for and yeah. you make it look so easy. I, I think initially when the show was created, because um, it was Ethel Merman, Patti yes. LuPone, and in this version, the 2011 version, they decided because I had a dance background, they were like, okay, Reno's going to dance. She'll dance all of Anything Goes. She'll do all of Blowgate, you know. And um, and even I was like, what? <laughs> I like, mean, oh. it's like, it's a long, it's a long time. I don't think people realize yeah. crossing like a four-minute mark of straight dancing. That yeah. is not, it was really not easy. 
No, it was it was the hardest thing I've ever had to do, and it never got easier. I did the show for a year, and um, I always thought, okay, it's going to get easier. But every night, I felt like my face was going to explode. <laughs> it's so it's crazy. It it's, was really, but it was also like the greatest gift of because I'm I grew up loving musical theater too, and we would do that anything goes number at the end of act one and then the beginning of act two is blow Gabriel blow. And both of those numbers in the show were eight minutes. They were both eight minutes. And, uh, it was like, I would finish anything goes and it was everything just like crashing and coming together. Like all of my dreams, like the, my, my dream of tap dancing or singing and, and performing and, and on this big bright white set and it reflects the audience and the audience is there. It was, it, it was just like, you know, amazing, uh, amazing, like a super high point of my life and my career. Do you still have to audition for Broadway? Be honest. Yeah, I had to go in um, for uh, Music Man because I'm doing Music Man yes. next year with Hugh Jackman. Hugh Jackman. So Jackman. I went in and auditioned in January. Yeah, it's a different type of audition. It was more of like um, like a chemistry read, like a like a, let me go in, let me make sure this feels right for me, let me make sure this feels right, right. for you, let me sing through the material, let, let's let's make sure we're all on the right page. Um, but yeah, yeah. What did it, you wear to that audition? Amazingly, I wore jeans and a sweater because I wanted to feel like myself. And I think about that and I go, I probably should have worn a dress. But I, I something in my brain was like, no, I want to walk in and I want to feel like I'm not trying too hard and that if you hire me, this is what you're going to get. So you've been really open about the struggles that you've had with fertility. Yes. Um, your daughter is adopted. My daughter is adopted. I, um, My husband and I met later in life. We were, I was 39 when we got married and I'd always been on the fence about having kids um, my whole life. I have a brother and him and his wife don't have kids either. And I was just, we've always been very career oriented and I was always like, eh, I don't know. Um, but when I met my husband, I was like, oh, I think if I'm going to have a family, I want it to be with this guy. I've always been very pro-adoption. Two of my best friends are adopted. Um, one of my cousins is adopted. It resonates with me. It makes sense to me. So when my husband and I, I think we were engaged, but we were like, okay, we should probably start trying. Get on this. We should probably get on this because, you know, we're against the clock. But like, in my mind, you know, I'm on a show called Younger. I always think <laughs> that I'm still 17. And my entire life, I tried not to get pregnant. And so the minute that I was like, oh, as soon as we start trying, it's going to happen. Like, no problem. So which, very, is, which is a very common. That for, I know. I, I felt the same exact way. It's a very weird thing. And then it doesn't happen right away. And you're yeah. like, what? I know. It was really <laughs> strange and kind of frustrating. And I, I'm the type of person that when I set my mind to something, I make it happen or, you know, or at least I get close. But I, it was, um, we tried for about a year and a half and then... And then I was 40, and I was like, all right. We worked with a fertility clinic in Los Angeles, and there was there were no issues. We had no issues other than just age. Um, but there were no, like, big red flags. And 
We ended up doing three rounds of fertility, but between the second and the third of IVF, we did IVF, but between the second and third, I had like a total meltdown because I was really frustrated that it was all falling on the woman's shoulders and and having to like manipulate my body. And I was like, this doesn't feel right. No, it feels, it feels I mean, I've talked to so many women who said that that burden, it feels like a burden. Like, obviously, a, the end goal is not a burden. It's not no, you. And it's, it's no, shameful and I, to admit that it's a burden. Yeah. If, it, and it's, it's a not lot. even like, it's not even a burden. It's like, after the second round, it felt, it started to not feel right. It felt, I was manipulating my body in a way that didn't, wasn't, didn't feel right to me. I, I, I remember feeling like, we can't just keep going down this road had this massive breakdown with my husband. And I was like, I'm willing to do this one more time, but we have to pursue adoption as well. And I was like, and you have to make the phone call. Like, you have to do that. And Peter and um, Herman, who's on our show at Young, Younger, and him and his wife have adopted. And I was like, you have to call Peter. You have to talk to Peter. And um, and he did. And he called Peter, and they had this wonderful conversation. And... As soon as we started pursuing adoption, where we ha- where we were hitting all these roadblocks and obstacles with IVF and fertility, adoption was like, it was just so clear that our daughter was like coming at us like a, can- like a cannonball. Yeah. I'm the type of person too, who I believe very much in like the universe and I'm a very spiritual person. So for me, I wasn't understanding why fertility wasn't working because in many ways, it felt like the universe was like leading us, like, why isn't it working? And I was getting so frustrated. And the reason it wasn't working was because there was this other soul trying to find her way to us. And I look back on it now and I'm like, of course I didn't get pregnant because if I'd gotten pregnant, this wouldn't have happened. I wouldn't have had my daughter. When you were going through IVF treatments, did it change the relationship that you had at all with your body, with the way you oh. present to the world? world because I do oh, feel like wow, it's yeah. such a it's so focused on body right like yeah um I wasn't working the first the first round um uh I think I was just probably staying as comfortable as possible because you you literally are like growing eggs in your body it's very strange and my body definitely changed um what's amazing now is like my hair grows in differently I have like kinky hair now which is so bizarre uh when I did the second and third round, I was actually on Younger. So it was the f- third season of Younger. Wow. So you were working. I was working. And that affected how That's I felt. Yeah. Because I even had to shoot a bathing suit scene. It was like the last thing in the world I wanted to be wearing was a white bathing suit. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. And I was like, okay, I guess I'm just going to do this thing, you know. So I didn't feel necessarily great with my my body that season just because it was being you know manipulated what do you feel like your most authentic self wearing now probably a pair of levi's i'm gonna throw on my gucci loafers (laughs) yes that need to be um polished really badly and probably um a a white t-shirt simple very simple Yeah, pretty simple. 
So I want to do a quick speed round before Uh-oh. you okay. go. I'm ready. I'm um, just going to ask you a couple of questions and then just throw out the first thing that comes to your head. Okay. Okay. What's the last thing you bought? What's the last thing you swiped your debit card on? Anthropology just had a huge home sale. <laughs> and um, again, they had 20%. I'm a big, I love a coupon and I love a sale. And so, but anthropology had 20% off their entire home sale. And so I went through and got, I got like a bunch of stuff for Thanksgiving, like an owl pitcher and a pie plate and like measuring cups and um, a gravy boat. And like I went, I literally just scrolled through and just kept clicking because I thought, oh, it's 20% off. What was your first Broadway show? My first Broadway show was Miss Saigon. Oh my goodness. Yeah, Miss Saigon back in 92. Um, it was my first time coming to New York City. So I saw Miss Saigon and I saw did the Did you love that experience? Of I did. It? I did. It was wild. You know, I, because I, I grew up watching that special you were you mentioned about with Leia Slanga and I grew up watching like, and I've always been obsessed with her. So it was like, it was amazing to sort of see it come to life in front of my eyes. What would be your last meal on earth? My dad's hamburgers. So my dad, yeah, my dad makes the best hamburgers. Um, But it's like a cheeseburger with his homemade french fries. How do you fall asleep at night? Um, I have a pillow and a pillowcase that I've had for a really long time. It's like the pillowcase that I had when I was a little girl. Um, So I love my pillow. What do I do? I crawl into bed. I've got a sound machine. I've got earplugs. Oh, so you do all the things. I do all the things. I also take melatonin. Oh my God. Um, okay, so yeah, you're have, a pro. I'm a pro. I'm ready to go. I love sleep. What's your favorite TV show of all time? Gilmore Girls. What era do you identify most with fashion-wise? Fashion-wise, um, probably the 70s, if I had to lean into something. Then I have a bonus question from bonus. some younger fans, Uh-oh. some diehard younger fans <laughs> that I spoke to. And they want to know, in real life, would Sutton be Team Josh uh, or Team Charles? This question. You probably get it all the time, but... I think what the show does well... I'm like not answering the question. I know. Uh, um, I don't know if you would, but... But I think what the show does well is that it it keeps asking this question. And I think that's what keeps viewers coming back is because this, it's an unanswerable question. That's fair. I think so. What I Wore When is a production of Glamour and iHeartRadio with new episodes dropping every Monday. For more podcasts from iHeartRadio, visit the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you listen to your favorite shows. I'm your host, Glamour Digital Director, Perry Samatin. Follow me on Instagram at Perry Samatin. P-E-R-R-I-E-S-A-M-O-T-I-N. Our executive producer is Ali Perry. And our producers are Glamour's Kim Fasaro and iHeart's JJ Posway. What I Wore When is engineered by Emily Marinoff and Derek Clements. Special thanks to Julie Shen and Deanna Buckman at Condé Nast. For more information on today's episode, go to glamour.com slash what I wore when. 